Hello, and welcome back to the Test Drive Podcast, brought to you by Sport Car USA. I'm your host, Lee Baudet. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to our podcast, our Test Drive Podcast, that is, and it's number 33. I'm Lee Baudet, your host, along with Scott Nickerson from Sport Car USA. What's going on, Scott? Not much, grinding through these episodes. Absolutely. Every Friday, we like to release a new podcast. And as I mentioned, this is number 33 already. Seems like we just got this started. Yeah. A little background on me. I've been a radio broadcaster for over 40 years. I host the Test Drive series on the YouTube channel. I'm the front man and host of Sport Car USA and a car enthusiast my entire life. Now, one thing, Scott, we really haven't asked you what you're all about. So tell us what Scott Nickerson from Sport Car USA is all about. Oh, what do I do? Uh, a little bit of everything, uh, but mainly I'm on the media side, doing this sort of thing, holding the camera for you to talk into, uh, social media, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So a lot of the social media stuff that has Lee in it, it's usually Lee and I putting stuff together and putting together all our YouTube videos and our podcast. And this is October, so we're yep. I wouldn't say we're down and out because we've got a big forum coming up in November. We t- mentioned yep. that last um podcast and you're working on the 2024 calendar yeah we just got some designs made up and we're gonna have a a calendar for everybody here pretty soon before the new year is the goal that's wonderful can't wait for that to happen subscribers we're at 1500 plus where are we now pushing 1900 1900? almost 2000 wow that's great that's great really growing youtube channel thank you very much for listening to our podcast and for Asking about, well, our memorabilia that we're going to have in the future. We're thinking about merchandising in the coming months. Yep. And the calendars, of course, were a big hit in 2023. Yeah, they were one of our probably more popular giveaways because a lot of these people have shops. So it's a good thing to hang up somewhere. Yeah. It looks good. One of the first things we did before we started these test drive podcasts is we did the test drive videos. Yep. And I've mentioned many times in the past that those are an absolute blast to do because I get to sit in the car, drive the car, drive it fast. We don't go slow that often. No, close course. Yes, very. Absolutely. (laughs) We uh, we have a lot of fun doing that. And we also get to, you know, check out the various vehicles that are Ford, Chevy, Dodge. Yeah, we get kind of a good range. Some Pontiacs. Yeah, absolutely. And we thought doing during the next few podcasts, it would be kind of cool to go back and delve into some of the YouTube videos that we've done. And most notably for this podcast, the 1994 Dodge Viper. Yeah, since we released those, I think we were on a couple hundred subscribers when we released those. Uh, and now we've grown that tenfold. So yeah, it's a good opportunity for a lot of our newer viewers who haven't seen those necessarily to kind of get a, a second look. And it's kind of fun to reflect for us. I think it's fun to reflect back on making those videos. Yeah, yeah. So. We had a blast doing that as well. Uh, everything I say is a blast because it has been an amazing uh, almost three years now with our Sport Car USA. That's the flagship of what we're doing here, mm-hmm. buying and selling modern muscle cars all over the country. Right now, being October, a lot of people looking for storage or they might not have the storage for their vehicles. So we want you to get a hold of us at Sport Car USA. Oh, yeah. And we can, well, make a deal. We'll happily buy your vehicles. And it's hard to have a bad day at work when you're surrounded by 
all these fun cars. It so. sure is. So getting back to that 94 Dodge Viper, yes. I remember the Dodge Viper first came out, and you'll see it in the, in the YouTube video that we're about to show you. It was just an amazing vehicle and something that nobody had ever seen before. Nobody had ever set eyes on something like this. The vehicle that I looked at was at a car dealership in South Burlington, Vermont, and they had it all cordoned off. You couldn't even get near it. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the price on it was. I think fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. And back in the early 90s, that That's was like unheard of, a lot of money, yeah. only a few small handful of people in Vermont and northern New York can afford a right. vehicle like that. Tell us a little bit about that Dodge Viper that we checked out. Well, uh, for reference, it came out, uh, like you said, in 92. Right. Uh, we had a 94 uh, in our inventory all before I was born, those vehicles, just so great, you know. Great, great. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they, they had prototypes built in the late 80s. I think 89 was kind of when they were teasing prototypes, but they didn't come to production until 92. Uh, and then it was pretty much the same vehicle in 94, which was the one we had, and it's such an interesting vehicle where they're stuffing this giant V10 engine in a right. car that's like the size of a Miata, basically. Like it's this tiny short car yeah. with a giant hood and a giant engine and no safety features. I wouldn't say it was the most comfortable car. I never, I never drove no. one. There's not a lot of room to move no. in there. No, V10, 400 horsepower. No exterior and, door handles. Yeah, and <laughs> the history on this car is just so great. You'll be listening to that and hearing some of this very soon here on this podcast but having a vehicle that didn't have any windows yeah there were like these plastic things right, that were all right. attached to the, the yeah. roof didn't have didn't even have a roof did it at times or I what think am i thinking they were like a plastic yeah 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 it wasn't yeah it was basically so they could say it had a roof right exactly but some people that are sitting in it we have someone who works with us that's a little bit taller uh mason who we're hoping to have on this podcast right. he's yeah. got some cool stuff to talk about um his head sticks up above the windshield. So if you were to roll that, the first thing that would hit the ground is his head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or he's looking right at the top of the like, the roof. So it's... Yeah. One of the best moments at one of our car shows that we did this past summer was the one in Georgia, the Georgia Beach one, mm -hmm. where two gentlemen from Canada yep. came to it. Oh, yeah. And they each right. had a Dodge Viper. They were twins. They were twins. And the cars, well, they weren't twins, but they looked pretty similar. Yep. The history on that was a lot of fun that to was, hear about. Uh, we're definitely going to do a year-end recap yeah. video here yeah. coming up soon, and their interview will definitely be in it because it's super interesting. They were they were super into those cars, and they knew everything about them. They're part of a Viper Club. Yeah, believe, exactly. Uh, up in yeah. Quebec. Yeah, one so. of the twins said, I got it first, and of course my twin brother had to have one as well, so right. he went and got one. So they seemed like a pretty tight group. That's uh, the thing about the Viper, too, is it's kind of like a cult classic right. where it's got that following even all these years later when there's all these vehicles with features yeah and that car was basically featureless yeah um but the allure of the viper is still there and the newer generations of viper uh they're going for a lot of money hundreds mm -hmm. of thousands of oh, dollars yeah. those the acrs and the the ones that are more track ready vehicles right and i mean there's for good reason it's one of the most winning vehicles when it was in production mm -hmm. it was one of the most vi winning race vehicles that was out there. Yeah, we learned so much about that car. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool coming from, like, when I was a kid, I had a car book. It mm -hmm. was, like, the fastest cars. And this was probably in, like, I don't know, 2006, 2000, like, around that time. Right. And the, a newer generation of Viper was what was out there. Yeah. And even then, it's, like... Well, yeah, some people watching this podcast and listening to this podcast 
maybe have never even heard of a Dodge Viper. Maybe they've heard of it. They have no idea what yeah. the heck it is. I hadn't seen one in person until we got ours. Yeah. Yeah. And just something about it, even though there's no door handles. I took me forever to figure <laughs> out. I'm like, is there some weird button somewhere? Yeah. But yeah. Didn't get the chance to drive it, though, which is rather disappointing. It was, I think, during the winter time here in northern Vermont. So Yeah. And we ended up selling it uh, this past summer. Right. Pretty early on. So, yeah, yeah we, we didn't did. get a chance to take a cruise in it, unfortunately. Yeah. So with that said, what do you think, Scott? Should we roll the tape and... Yeah, let's let's learn about the Dodge Viper. Introduce about the Dodge Viper 1994. Enjoy, everybody. In today's episode, we'll be checking out the 1994 Dodge Viper RT10. This car still has a cult following, and for a very good reason. The Viper crammed a giant engine in a car not much bigger than a Miata. And here it is, the Dodge Viper. The Dodge Viper is one of the most iconic sports cars ever made. From being just a concept in the late 80s to its numerous revivals, the Viper remains an icon. The 94 Dodge Viper is a two-seat sports car with a massive engine and not much else. This is by all means a driver's car. The frame of the 94 Viper has a massive 8-liter V10 engine and it produces 400 horsepower and 465 pounds of torque. By today's standards, that might not seem like a whole lot, but it also didn't have any safety features. The Dodge Viper had no power locks, no exterior door handles, no roof or windows, no airbags, and believe it or not, no traction control or ABS. Air conditioning? Why, it wasn't even an option until 1994. Hard to believe. Dodge decided to make this beast of a vehicle in the early 90s as a way to try and save Chrysler. Chrysler was in a lot of financial trouble and was operating in the red. They saw the Viper as a chance to try and pull them from the depths. There was a Chrysler executive, his name was Bob Lutz. Come here, Bob Lutz. Uh, we don't want to over-dramatize this. There's a gear shift, uh, go build the damn thing, will you? He wanted a two-seat sports car that would be along the lines of a Jaguar E-Type and Shelby Cobra. And if the design takes you back to some of the classic roadsters of the past, well, that was the idea in the first place. So he met with Tom Gale to give free reign over the project. Upon graduation from Michigan State University, he joined the Chrysler Corporation. He has held many positions in design at Chrysler, eventually becoming Executive Vice President for Design and Product Development. The Dodge Viper took a lot of its inspiration of only adding something if it makes it faster from the Shelby Cobra. As a result of this and these parameters, Carol Shelby, you know that name, he was actually a consultant on Team Viper. The first prototype was built in 1989, and it was built for the North American International Auto Show. Now this was an instant success after being shown there, and Dodge limited production to just 285 Vipers total in 1992. And as far as volume, we're gonna start slow with a, a the first build is 200. Uh, we'll start with 200. We hope to get to 5,000 a year. Um, I guess we could get the seven Bob eight with a grunt. Chrysler, at the time, also was the owner of Lamborghini with other powerful sport cars like the Diablo. Back in 1994, Chrysler sold to an investment group, but the idea for the massive V10 engine was influenced by Lamborghini. 
Team Viper used some of its same members from Lamborghini to construct the Dodge Viper. Tom Gale, who we mentioned before, had full reign to do what he wanted with the project. He was responsible for the exterior design of both the Diablo and the Viper. We'll, all, we'll let our Lamborghini operation cast the all aluminum engine. But this car was conceived and designed and engineered right here in America, and it will be built right here in America. In fact, what you're looking at even before production starts, I think, is an American classic. We've already had over 3,300 people write in, call in, and send money. The Dodge Viper engine block was converted from their iron block V10 that was originally for Dodge trucks, and it was adapted into a lighter aluminum block for their new sports car. Dodge took great pride in the car being hand-built in the U.S. of A. In 1996, Dodge released the Viper GTS. We saw a few new features pop up on this Viper, like exterior door handles, standard air conditioning, windows, and an actual roof. The roof had a very special design, and it was called the Double Bubble Roof. Can't forget that. This roof design gave the driver and passenger more headroom if they were wearing helmets. This was the first generation of Viper that was made in a coupe. The GTS also boasted an additional 50 horsepower. Although it may look similar in design to the original, the GTS only shares about 10% original parts. Now, the new design was much more aerodynamic and less of a death trap when cornering, which is a good thing. The GTS also added the first full-length exhaust and no longer had the signature side exit exhaust of its predecessor. Fast forward a few years to 1999, where Dodge released the Viper ACR. ACR stands for American Club Racer, and a race car is what it was. The ACR had BBS wheels, upgraded suspension, and included five-point racing harnesses. The ACR had a 0 to 60 of 4.5 seconds and 180 miles per hour top speed. Dodge partnered with a racing team to develop the Viper into a real race car in 1999 and to further develop the GTSR. Over a two-year span, the GTSR won 16 out of 18 races it was in and became a dominant force on the track. The balance. When fireworks lit up the chilly October night to signal the end of the race, nine months of hard work paid off. A third place finish by the number 91 Dodge Viper SRT GTSR in the GT Le Mans category, delivered a driver championship for Kuno Whitmer and a team championship for the Viper in the two-door United Sports Car Championship. 2003 was one of the first major facelifts for the Viper. The headlights became more aggressive and the body style a little bulkier. It also added an additional 50 horsepower to now be at 500 horsepower. The 2003 to 2005 Viper was now only available in a convertible. The 06 model returned the GTS Coupe with a hardtop. But unfortunately, in 2007, the Viper was out of production again because Chrysler was once again in financial trouble. But wait, back in 2008, the Dodge Viper was relaunched. The Viper was back 
and had an all new look. It had a new grill and headlights and now pushed out 600 horsepower. Fiat bought Chrysler in 2009. And in July of 2009, Chrysler announced the end of the Viper production once again. The Viper wouldn't go away that easy though. It would return once again in 2013 with the Phase 15 Viper. It had an all-new face and had 40 more horsepower than the previous model, now putting it at 640. So we upped the horsepower by 40 horsepower, even though the engine's lighter and more efficient. We have composite intake manifold, which flows a lot better. Total 640 horsepower. But everybody who's driven a Viper knows it's all about torque. So the torque is up considerably, another 40 pounds. But look at the curve, how early the torque comes on. So this car makes more torque at idle than most markets most cars make at full RPM. And the Viper is now the, the highest torque output vehicle of any naturally aspirated engine in the world. This thing is a torque monster. They released an exclusive orange option for this generation Viper. The ACR also made its return, and it was a track monster. It produced over 1,700 pounds of downforce and became the sixth fastest production car in racing. We're gonna bring back a legend. We're gonna take it to the next level, and we're gonna bring back the next generation Viper ACR. This is the fastest street legal Viper track car that we have ever built. As you may know, the Viper would die once again. Dodge celebrated their 25th anniversary and final year of the Viper production with six serialized special edition models. They made the Viper 128 Edition ACR, Viper GTSR Commemorative Edition ACR, Viper Snakeskin Edition GTC, Viper Snakeskin Edition ACR, Viper Voodoo 2 Edition ACR, and finally, the Viper Dodge Dealer Edition ACR. Wow. The final Viper rolled off the line on August 16, 2017 in the same red color that the original came in 25 years prior. With the Viper being revived so many times, maybe there's hope that it will someday return again. If I'm a betting man, I think it will. I can remember back in 1994, I visited my first Dodge dealer and they were fortunate enough to have a 94 Viper RT10, just like this one on the showroom floor. It was for sale, but it wasn't available until the end of the summer. And many, many people would like look at that Dodge Viper in awe and wish they could have it. I know I certainly was one of those people. Not every Dodge dealer was able to obtain a Viper, but mine had one all cordoned off so nobody could get too close to it. I can remember seeing the sticker price again. Remember now, this is 1994. It was somewhere around $57,000 and I'm here like, oh my goodness, who can afford this Dodge Viper? Now you look at today's car prices, $57,000 sounds like a real bargain in today's world. Kind of funny how things change like that, isn't it? It was something like I had never seen before back in 1992 when it first came out. But this was the third year of production of the Dodge Viper, and it looked as good as the first year. This 94 Viper has the side exit exhaust, that's what they called it. 
And when you're really driving this car, that baby would get really hot. So like you'd have to be really careful getting in and out so you didn't burn your legs. The 94 Viper that Sport Car USA has managed to have the additional air conditioning. Now that was an option and not available in 92 and 93. If you're a tall person like me, this is probably not the car for you. When I got in this car, my eyes were staring at the top of the windshield and my knees were just crammed right in there. Now you gotta remember in 1994-ish, Chrysler and Dodge, their fit and finish wasn't real great. The plastic is not that nice and the fit and finish just isn't there. But this car wasn't made for comfort. Zero to 60, 5.2 seconds. Quarter mile, 13.6 seconds at 107 miles per hour. We were somewhat underwhelmed by the wheezing exhaust note, but the speed was certainly there. The early Dodge Vipers were a very raw driving experience. They basically just strapped a giant V10 Lambo engine to a chassis, and they called it a day. Dodge didn't want any unnecessary features, and that of course included windows of all things. They would give you these small plastic windows that you could insert. And the only way to open up those plastic windows was with a zipper. So Dodge clearly didn't care about security, but you didn't have to worry. Dodge made sure to add a very crucial safety feature. The Viper has a beautiful two-tone horn to get people out of the way when you're going 180 miles per hour. Dodge made sure their important dials were up front and driver facing so you could see all of your important information. This Viper has a six speed manual transmission, but to be honest with you, it can be a bit clunky. The Viper's six speed Borg Warner gearbox requires a firm hand, but rewards the driver with crisp, positive shifts. But the most important thing about this Dodge Viper that I love is that it was made in the USA. And as far as I'm concerned, anything made in the USA, you're going to get my vote. I would say that this 1994 Dodge Viper checked out rather nicely. We hope you learned something about the Viper and what makes it such an icon in the sports car world. On Test Drive, you get to see many modern muscle cars. And believe it or not, most of them are for sale. All you have to do is go to sportcarusa.com and check out their entire inventory. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed, please subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Test Drive. Well, there you have it, Scott Nickerson. Some very interesting facts and I figures. I the guy in the video. You know, do. You familiar. probably, yeah. Well, he's <laughs> aged a little bit since then. Yeah. But yeah, the Dodge Viper 1994, truly an iconic sport car, muscle car. And that's what we do at Sport Car USA. We, we have modern muscle cars. And even though that's really not modern uh, anymore. But these things are going uh, by the wayside. Yeah. And everything seems to be turning towards electric. Yeah. Thank that, you, federal government. But, V8s are going away, but just right. think about if there was a V10. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. So some great history there. We hope everybody enjoyed it. Scott Nickerson, we want to thank you for being with us once again. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. We want to thank all of you out there for listening to our Test Drive podcast number 33. I'm Lee Bodet, your host. Be sure to check out our Test Drive series on the YouTube channel. And we'll see you next time on our next Test Drive podcast a week from today. And remember, let's never forget the men and women serving this great country of ours. Goodbye, everybody.